Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy, Dominic Demeester. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, Dominic and I have a good show in store for you guys. Well, we like to say we do because uh, we like uh, hearing our voices. I'm uh, going to talk, of course, a lot about the NFL. Uh, some guys holding out a mini camp, a few contract extensions, a uh, bunch of good stuff. But Dominic, before we start, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing amazing, William. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Uh, watching a lot of the NBA Finals right now. Warriors and the uh, Boston Celtics currently tied up at two. Uh, as Dominic and I record this on this Tuesday, Game 5 going tonight. I picked Warriors to win in six, Dominic. I'm going to stick with that one. Uh, it's been a great series throughout. Steph Curry's been playing like Steph Curry. Um, and I think the Warriors will finish it off in Boston uh, come later on during the week. So really good series, 2-2. Uh, now we got our NHL Finals matchup set as well. Yeah, we got the Colorado Avalanche versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Should be a doozy. I'm expecting the Lightning to three-peat. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes, I'm expecting a dynasty to be born in those Tampa Bay Lightning. Good luck to those Avalanche. I think they're in for a rude awakening when you're facing these Stanley Cup champions in those Tampa Bay Lightning. That'd be something, Dominic, for threes in the row for Tampa Bay. It feels like we didn't talk about much the Lightning this year just because it was a lot of other great teams. And the people thought Tampa Bay, I guess, wouldn't be as hungry because they won back-to-back. But yes, the, the dynasty, indeed, if they're able to uh, three-peat there. Let's jump to football now, Dominic. Talking about champions, we got the Los Angeles Rams as Super Bowl champions in the NFL. And they signed Cooper Cup to a three-year contract extension. Uh, he's going to get $110 million over the next five years. Uh, I love Cooper Cup, Dominic. One of my favorite players in the NFL. Uh, really solidified himself after the season. Um, you could argue maybe maybe the best wide receiver in football right now. A lot of people have said that. Um, I think that like there's very little weakness to his game. Very smart receiver. Uh, can run routes. Has good hands. And he's just like really the type of guy that I think every team needs. Um, and I'm super happy for him. I believe he deserves like every single one of these dollars he's made. And uh, the Rams making sure they have Cooper Cup for at least the uh, foreseeable future. Oh, yeah. I'm happy for Cooper Cup. This guy deserves every dollar. Personally, however... I don't know if Cooper Cup's going to have a long career. My hat's off. The way that he rebounded from that injury, quite frankly, I wasn't expecting it. But hey, he did it. Congratulations. But he's got this tenacity and this tempo that just, to me, it's tough to yeah. say whether or not a player can play at that intensity for over a decade. I just don't see it happening with Cooper Cup. And like the thing is, Dominic, like he gets a lot of carries for this team, right? Like they use him in the short game and like the, the passing game deep, uh, kind of those slants as well. Somebody he's used as a runner for this offense. So it's definitely taking a, a toll on his body. So who would you rather, Julian Edelman or Cooper Cup in his prime? Cooper Cup. Really? Uh, yeah. I'll I, go with Edelman. If yeah. he can have a career like Edelman, yes. But I think Edelman just was very careful with his body. Cooper Cup is just a beast. And when you're a beast and you just, you know, you go all in, you're putting yourself, your body at risk for injuries. Don't get me wrong. You win championships that way. That's why I'm so proud for this guy to get paid because he deserves every dollar. Like I said. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, that is, uh, I actually like the comparison though, Dominic. I think that, uh, you know, see them as similar type players. Maybe it's my bias of not liking the Patriots, but I'll give me Cooper Cup uh, every day over Julian Edelman. Uh, continuing now within the NFL, Dominic, we talk a lot about mini camps and guys returning. Uh, something that you brought up, you're excited to see Lamar Jackson now back with the Ravens for mandatory mini camp. I don't think we'd ever thought uh, there was a chance like he wouldn't get something done or be back with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, but he's back now, uh, mandatory minicap. I think this is, uh, you know, best case scenario for those Ravens. Uh, just because, like, you want to make sure that you have your most important player at practice, getting the reps in with his wide receivers, with his new weapons. Um, I think it's uh, good for him and the NFL that Lamar Jackson's uh, back now at Ravens minicamp. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lamar is back. I'm so happy for those Ravens because, wow, they had me jumping all over the place this offseason with the whole Lamar Jackson contract. Now he's back. To me, you have to have him play as much as possible in those running design plays. I know they have two running backs currently uh, nursing ACL injuries in Edwards and Dobbins. From what I've read, we are going to see the Ravens replicate that winning recipe when they went ahead and broke most offensive yards in rushing two years ago. And now that Lamar's there, hey, let the guy do what he's going to do best, which is obviously going to be running with the football in his hands. He's just dynamite. And it's entertaining. Quite frankly, it is really entertaining the things that this guy could do because out of nowhere, you're going to focus so much on his running ability because it's that good. He's going to throw a long bomb. I expect them now to be big time contenders against those Cincinnati Bengals. Let Lamar relax. They let Lamar do what he wanted to do, which is wait for his contract whenever he wanted. Face the Fox. It's your draft pick. And quite frankly, I hope he wins the Super Bowl because this guy, to me, deserves every penny that he's going to get. And as well, he is an MVP. I don't want him to have a career like Cam Newton. That'd be a travesty. Let Lamar be Lamar. Let him do what he does best, which is running with the football and try to win football games. Yeah, Dominic, I definitely love what you said about him being one of the most exciting players in the NFL. It's crazy when you watch like Lamar Jackson. It's like you see him and it's like it's almost like Madden type stuff where you're playing Madden. You'd be like, oh, no, that's so unrealistic. That never happens in real life. And then you see Lamar play and you're like, yeah, no, Lamar does that uh, very, very well for this football team. Um, And yeah, you've talked about on the show quite a few times now, Dominic, in the offseason that you really think they're going to get back to rushing the football well like they usually do uh, obviously had crazy amount of it like really the the most injury play team last year you got to see was the baltimore ravens especially on the offensive side of the ball for them uh so it was tough to kind of get a, a rhythm going and uh for them to kind of uh make a run there late in the season uh which they were unfortunately unable to do so we talk about the fact that the ravens dominic love to run the football and that lamar can be he's taken his fair share of criticism over the years a lot of people say like look he's a very good runner a very good athlete may not have the best uh, the most accurate arm but his statistics have shown he you know he can complete the uh, a high number of passes in a game do you think that like with the way the Baltimore Ravens play and with their their style and being able to run the football I think it's good enough to get them you know, into a wild card spot. I think it may be even good enough to get them into uh, the B- NFC North champions um, for the Baltimore Ravens. But do you think that the success could be sustainable and they could carry this offense and ride this all the way to win a Super Bowl? Because I feel like it's different when it comes to the playoffs. If, you know, you're run first team and teams take that away, it's like you're kind of shell-shocked and then you, got, you have to pass the football. Not to say Lamar can't, but it's obvious this is a run first football team. Do you think that, 
in today's NFL with it being really pass heavy and like quarterbacks in the shotgun that the Baltimore Ravens with this style of offense can still find success and long-term success in the playoffs. A hundred percent. And it comes down to John Harbaugh's ability to design plays at the running back position at the quarterback position. He's breaking records when you're breaking records guarantee whatever you're doing is outstanding. So if I'm Baltimore, clearly I'm aiming to get that by. We all know it takes one game in the playoffs and you're gone. So if you could play, obviously, the best in the AFC, and that's asking a lot with the amount of talent that's going to be there this year. This year, I see them getting potentially a wild card spot. I don't see them getting the bye. That running game, when Baltimore is up, yeah. the clock's ticking. Exactly. You're like, oh, man, what's going on? The defense playing really well. Next thing you know, you look at your watch. You're like, what? It's already halftime. Next thing you know, you look at your watch, and the game's over. So if, in my opinion, that's how the Baltimore Ravens play. It's successful. However, when they get behind, it's a whole new dynamic. So yes. to win the Super Bowl, can the Baltimore Ravens sustain four games without being behind in order for them to be champions? We haven't seen it, but I still believe in those Ravens, and I think they could do it under John Harbaugh. And you brought up a lot of great points there, Dominic. I have to agree on the fact that when they're winning, um, this may be the hardest team to come back against, uh, you know, just with the, the way that they chew clock and how quick these games can go with them running the football. I still want to see uh, this being, um, you know, a, more of a long-term success for them. And I'll kind of more of like wait and see how this pans out and, and more. Uh, I'm going to say I'm not a believer in it just yet. I think I want to see it kind of uh, pan out and like, Baltimore Ravens proved to me that they could be good teams by running the football as much as they do. Uh, but, you know, definitely uh, one thing's for sure is it's a very fun team in the Baltimore Ravens. And last year they were dealt a ton of injuries. And, uh, you know, that's obviously that's part of football, but weren't really given a, a fair shot there in the season. So hopefully they'll be healthier this year. Speaking of those mini camps, Dominic, uh, mandatory camp back for obviously the Washington Commanders. Uh, Terry McLaurin, not there. We had talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, I thought he'd be back by this time. This is a little bit worrisome for them because, uh, like, like you know, Dominic, I'm a big Terry McLaurin fan. Uh, I feel like he's the guy on this team uh, and maybe he doesn't get the love that he deserves because he's on uh, Washington and, you know, may, they, that not be one of the sexier teams in the NFL over the last few seasons. Uh, but, yeah, he's not back. I think they're going to have to do whatever they can to get him back. And if not, Dominic, like, you look at this roster and, like, they don't have, you know, like, a, I would say necessarily, like, um, a poor roster, but, like, to lose McLaurin and to not replace him with anybody else, I think this team would struggle. Like, of course, they have weapons. They have you got the dual threat, the running back position. You got Logan Thomas, um, and uh, now with the new quarterback and Carson Wentz, I think you know trying to keep a guy like McLaurin is is what you got to do. Of course, you can't uh, don't keep him there if he doesn't want to be there. But uh, if I'm a Commanders fan, I'm really hoping that uh, they get this deal done soon. I'm fifty fifty on this, William. I think mm. that. Uh... I'm all about finishing your contract and not putting a lot of pressure, especially when you're starting as a rookie, you know, he's, he's done well. I'm looking at his stats right now, 919 yards in 2019, 1,118 yards in 2020 and 1,053 yards in 2021. And on top of that, he had played two extra games. So he definitely regressed 
And I think that that's what has the, the Washington commanders really thinking twice on whether or not they want to sign this guy long-term. I'll tell you why. In the salary cap era, it's all about managing your money properly. And the Washington commanders are a different kind of football team. They really utilize their entire personnel. Granted, you need one guy to get paid. That should be your quarterback. Unfortunately for them, they're stuck with Carson Wentz, which they decide to go pick up. Now they're like, where are we going to be investing our money? And I honestly think it should be on your offensive line, on your quarterback. I would not sign Terry McLaurin for big dollars. The answer is no. The answer is no. You got you just drafted a great wide receiver who we called a number two receiver in Dotson. And I think that to me, that guy could potentially even be a number one. So in other words, Washington is holding all their cards in their hands and we'll have to see whether or not they're willing to pay up for McLaurin. Him not being a minicamp, to be quite frank, it doesn't really matter with regards to the talent that's currently there. I think the talent that's currently there is able to sustain the Washington commanders for the entire season. That's right. The entire season. Yeah, I think that they would need a lot of production out of their, their two running backs, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, um, in order to, you know, put enough points on the offensive side of the ball without him. Because look at, you know, other guys they have. They have Curtis Samuel, um, you know, who was good with the, the Carolina Panthers. Um, and you look, you got Logan Thomas, a former basketball player, who was big in the red zone for them. Uh, and, uh, you know, always a, a quarterback's best friend there. But, like, I don't know, Dom, like, other than that, like, I'm just looking at this and, like, sure, like, I'm contradicting myself because I'm saying like one hand, you can't keep a guy if he doesn't want to be there. I'm totally a believer in that. You know, you kind of cut your losses. Um, but like, with, with, I think without Tory McLaren this season for them is they're going to have to kind of, uh, it's peaks and valleys for them. They're going to have to kind of, uh, you know, ride uh, the, the valley this year if they're not able to, to get him under contract. Is um, he worth, is he worth digs? or a hill kind of money. It's all about dollars and cents. And I think right. this guy sees himself, well, I just saw Tyreek Hill got a huge payday. Now, the Safan Diggs got a huge payday. Yeah. I want to go get a huge payday. And quite frankly, your stats, to me, they don't back him up. I want to get at least 10 touchdowns out of you every single year. You haven't even done that yet once in your career. Why would I be poning up the dollars for a guy who at this time of his career is replaceable because the amount of right receivers that are coming out into the draft, I mean, just look at what happened this year. So it's sad to say, but I, I'm telling you, we're seeing a lot more revolving doors in the NFL. The amount of young guys that are coming in the league when it's based on speed. Terry McLaurin, you had your day, you already got injured. And unfortunately, you might be out the door sooner than you think. It'll be interesting to see what happens, Dominic. And it, exactly like you said, the wide receivers this year in the draft. And also, still got a few free agent wide receivers left. We'll see if Washington goes after a few of them. So, Dominic, we just talked about the Washington Commanders and the fact that Terry McLaurin has not reported to minicamp and potential free agent wide receivers left on the board because there's still quite a few of them, Dominic. Uh, I want to get your opinion on this. Are you a little bit surprised, because I am, that we still see so many of these, like, as you can say, solid wide receivers left on the board? We got OBJ, who's still a free agent. We got Julio Jones, who's still a free agent. We got T.Y. Hilton. These are guys, like, at least the two first guys, uh, Odell and Julio Jones, I would have expected would have been signed by now in the offseason, getting ready with their new teams. Because, um, yeah, like, this would be, like, to have the season start and both these guys not on the team, I would find that really strange, Dominic. Yeah, I do find it a little bit strange as well, William. But I'm thinking that these guys are probably all going to have a home before training camp. They're just establishing right now where are the weak parts of their football team. 
guys like Julio Jones might want to get a bit of dollars because he's been there a long time. Same thing with Odell. So it really comes down to dollars and cents. I personally think that a guy like Cole Beasley would be a really good addition to any football team because I like his hands. I think they're reliable. So I don't know. I think these guys are going to be signed before training camp, but not for the money that they're thinking they're going to get. Yeah, I think that's fair, Dominic. Like, look, you look at like these guys, uh, Julio, Cole Beasley, it's true. I forgot about him. It's a good, uh, good player you mentioned there. OBJ also got a guy like Wolf Fuller. Uh, so like, look, Wolf Fuller, 28 years old now. He's just dealt with injuries uh, in his career. But, you know, he had some good seasons there with the Houston Texans. So still a lot of guys that can be useful to, to teams that are hungry for wide receivers. Maybe a team like the Green Bay Packers. We've been talking about forever now that needs to add more depth uh, at the wide receiver position there. Um, injuries are going to happen as well. Yeah, exactly. Right. Injuries happen. It's a, it's a huge part of the, the, we just talked about the Baltimore Ravens, right. And the fact that uh, they've dealt with a severe amount of injuries last year, uh, just on the offensive side of the ball. So it's a lot to, uh, you know, a lot to think about. And um, I don't think you could ever have, you know, they say you can never have too many cornerbacks. Dominic. I don't think you could ever have too many wide receivers either. Yeah. I mean, every position in football, if you lose depth in one area, then clearly the opponent can key on you. So in that case, You'd have to have the, the best running back in the world uh, because obviously we all know that in this new era, you got to pass the football unless you're the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> who are breaking records. Exactly, Dominic. Totally. Uh, I think you hit it on the head there. You had talked about, Dominic, uh, before the show, sleepers and sleepers at the running back positions, maybe sleepers at different uh, spots of the football field, different positions. Uh, I really like this uh, actually segment where I listen to NFL Network or that I'm reading a magazine or listening to a podcast. A lot of these guys, they maybe don't get the love that they deserve. And maybe, you know, that's just because they're on a team with a lot of other studs uh, or because people just don't talk about them enough or they're not on the team that gets uh, enough publicity. Uh, I was curious to get, I know you had a few lists of players that you mentioned to me uh, pre-show uh, about that, you know, potential sleepers coming into this season. I want to... Uh, you know, if you wanted to talk about them a little bit and give us some of your insight. Well, I personally like Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State, 5'10", 215. He didn't get drafted necessarily on the team that I would have wanted. Seattle tends to use a lot of running backs. However, on the flip side for fantasy fans out there, Chris Carson, his injury is going to be most likely a long-lasting one. We're not even sure if he's going to play again. We're not even sure if he's going to be available week one. So that being said, Kenneth Walker stock just went really high. If anybody saw any Michigan State games last year, this guy was a doozy and really hard to handle. Uh, he ran over for 1,636 yards, 18 touchdowns. This guy's really the real deal. If there's a guy that I would probably draft as a running back, I think Kenneth Walker's your guy. The second guy that I'm going to mention really quick is Isaiah Spiller. Mm. Why did Isaiah Spiller get drafted in the fourth round is to me really bizarre. He landed on a great offensive team in those Los Angeles Chargers. I think that a guy like Eckler is injury prone. Mm -hmm. And if he gets a huge injury and Isaiah Spiller gets an opportunity, this guy's going to be really, really good running the ball. He's got a bit of inconsistencies catching the football, but I think that overall you're, you're going to get a guy that doesn't have a lot of thread taken off his tires. In other words, his legs are fresh. He only ran the ball 179 times last year and still ran for over a thousand yards. 
And when you're six foot one, 215, that's the prime dimensions you, you want to have for your running back. So I'm keeping an eye on Isaiah Spiller because I think that a lot of people are not going to pick this guy because Eckler is just a phenomenal running back. But if you want a no-brainer, go with Kenner Walker the third. Mm, I like it, Dominic. Good takes there. Good analysis. I think that, uh, you know, we just feel like injuries seem to kind of be uh, the theme in, in this week's episode. But, like, of course they happen. Um, and, uh, like, you never have uh, too many studs at a certain position. For me, Dominic, I'm going to stick to uh, a running back position. And I'm sorry, maybe I'm biased towards my Notre Dame fighting Irish, Dominic. But, look, it's a team that I watch the most because I'm a Notre Dame fan. Uh, so I know the most about this team. I'm not going to go to different teams and pretend that I know. But Kyron Williams uh, being picked the 164th pick, Dominic, in this year's draft in the fifth round, landing to the Los Angeles Rams. And one of the reasons why I think this is a good fit for him is because Cam Akers has dealt with his fair share of injuries. They now don't have Sony Michelle. Uh, and yes, the Rams have used a fair share of running backs over the years. But I could see a guy like Kyron Williams there for the Los Angeles Rams being, you know, maybe the number three wide uh, running back to start the season. Uh, let's say Cam Akers dealt, gets dealt an injury. He becomes uh, running back number two. Um, and like as much as we love the wide receivers on this Rams team, like they're a team that that runs that is able to run the football, and I think often runs the football, which is, sets up their play action. Um, and Karen Williams was a, a beast at Notre Dame. Uh, he was actually on the um, the the Heisman watch list uh, for for you know because uh, potential like and it's difficult being a non quarterback uh, and being able to uh, to be at the the talked about as a Heisman contender. But he really was. He had a good year this year at Notre Dame. Um, you know he's uh, he has quite a few strengths like one of them is he's a very good vocal leader um and uh, you know i think that's uh, that's not really talked about it enough he's uh, really like a guy that is a key in the locker room for them knows the game inside and out and he studies the game like no one else does dominic um and you know he there was a time when Notre Dame was giving him the ball like 20 plus times a game. And he like, whether he's his first carry of the game, his 15th carry of the game is 23rd. It looks like he hasn't ran before just because he seems to have so much energy and his legs are always super fresh, kind of a small running back, five, nine, 195 pounds. Um, but he is also a guy that can be used, um, in the backfield and in the screen game for these guys, um, you know, maybe a reliable, a reliable target for a guy like Matthew Stafford. Uh, but yeah, no, Kyron Williams, Notre Dame did use more than one running back this year, but he was uh, their number one running back uh, for most of the season. And I think that, uh, you know, come later on in the season, we can see him potentially uh, taking over the starting job. I know it's a little bold, but uh, you never know. I was a little bit surprised to see him taken in the, the fifth round of this draft. Uh, but it seems, Dominic, like every year we have like these five or six players that like are we just don't understand why they fell so much. Like Nicobe Dean, right out of Georgia, I couldn't believe how much he said in this year's draft. I thought he was for sure assigned to be taken in the first round. Yeah, Nicobe Dean was a guy that a lot of people loved, but for whatever reason, he dropped. I think Kyron Williams will be a weapon for those Rams. I watched his tape and I yeah. love this guy. I just don't know if he landed in the right spot you say that he could definitely vault to be the primary running back hey i mean if he's got barry sander-esque moves you never know right we've, we've been waiting for the next barry sanders and i do believe uh, sometime soon he's going to pop up if you looked at barry sanders tape his ability to cut was bar none outstanding i'm not saying at all kyron williams is the next barry sanders all I'm saying is this guy is extremely shifty, therefore really hard to tackle. Mm -hmm. And will he get enough opportunities to set up, you know, those running back plays 
Because you do need those extra reps to set up a few fakes here and there. I don't think so. I think Cam Akers is going to be the guy. And if he stays healthy, which is a question mark, and that's obviously our theme of the week, (laughs) and that's when Kyrene Williams obviously could come in and be the guy for those Rams. And I don't think, as you said, it probably wouldn't miss a beat. Yeah, honestly, they've actually compared him to Kyron Williams. They compared him to uh, to Cam Akers, and um, and see, like he's a similar type player. Uh, of course, like Cam Akers, super super fun player, um, and uh, was a big reason why those those Rams were able to win the Super Bowl. And it's just a question about him staying healthy, Dominic. Uh, Daryl Henderson too. He's also a good running back. Um, I just look at him a bit more as an inconsistent running back. Like right now, of course, he's going to be uh, running back two on the depth chart for these guys. I'm excited to watch preseason this year, Dominic, and especially for Kyron Williams. Um, and like a lot of guys say, like uh, a preseason's boring. I don't like watching, but I find pre- like I like to watch the first. I'd say half of preseason uh, when the stars aren't playing because you get to see these these guys that are at the number two position, their spot, backup quarterbacks, and guys that are like literally fighting for their lives, fighting for their jobs. Um, and yeah, I'm curious, how much of the preseason do you watch, Dominic? You one of those guys that kind of like uh, I'll check the highlights. Or you sit down and watch a full preseason game. I've definitely watched the Hall of Fame game. That's a great game mm. to watch. Gets you right back into the football spirit. Uh, I'm not a huge preseason fan in terms of watching the games what i do like to watch is the highlights for sure and definitely eyeing the stats and the play-by-play the play-by-play really gives you an opportunity to see who got you know what yards in what situation and was it obviously the first two quarters because the first two quarters you tend to have your more veterans kind of guys coming in then you can establish at the end of the day uh what players performed against the other team's elite talent so i do look at that stuff and i think preseason is a wonderful opportunity to measure a guy's skill sets early on. However, we all know we've all made the mistake, those who are fantasy football fans out there, to get overzealous potentially <laughs> on a few preseason players. So keep an eye on that. Don't get overzealous. Take it for what it's worth. And again, if you get, want to get more detailed analysis, look at the play-by-play. Yeah, I like that, Dominic. Good take. And yeah, if you want uh, fantasy football advice, don't come to yours truly because I actually won my first year ever playing fantasy football, Dominic. Uh, and I was only in one league. And then my, the next six years, I haven't even made it to a finals and I've been joining like two or three leagues. I don't know what it is. I swear on paper, my teams are always good. And then uh, just come start of the, the regular season, everything just seems to crumble down. Uh, but we'll talk about uh, free agency, or not free agency, we'll talk about um, fantasy football a little bit later on in a few shows from now. But Dominic, I pulled up an interesting article on NFL.com, um, and it's, can the Vikings return to the playoffs? We have a lot of different opinions, excuse me, on Kirk Cousins. Um, and look, I think it's, no one can disagree that he's a very good negotiator, that this guy makes money that, I don't want to say he doesn't deserve, but I don't know how he gets the contract contracts he gets. Talking about answering this question, the Minnesota Vikings this year, the Green Bay Packers don't have Devontae Adams this year. Uh, the Browns and the Lions, sorry, the Bears and the Lions don't seem to be teams that can really threaten for the NFC North title. Do you give the Vikings any chance? Or if so, what percentage of chance do you give the Vikings that maybe making the playoffs or potentially even winning that division this year? Because something that I had said on the show is don't expect the Packers to be as good as in years past. And I could even potentially see the Packers missing out on the playoffs this year. So I'm curious to get your take on the Vikings and if we could see them potentially shock the world uh, and win the division this year. It will come down to how good that defense is. To me, I look at that defense. I think 
potentially it could be even better than the offense. And that's kind of bold to say, because I do like a lot of their weapons offensively. I love Dalvin Cook. I love Justin Jefferson. I love Adam Thielen. So all those guys are definitely phenomenal offensive weapons. However, on the defensive side, they just brought in Jordan Hicks. And I think that I was always a fan of him as an inside linebacker in Philadelphia. Then he went to Arizona. And to me, this guy's a baller. This guy's really darn good. I want to see Patrick Peterson in year two. I think that we didn't get a lot of Patrick Peterson last year. He got injured as well. That's probably one of the bigger reasons why also he left Arizona. But I saw, I think, the top 100 plays of uh, not all time, but I think recently let's put it that way and i saw patrick peterson do some phenomenal interceptions i'm like yeah i can't forget about this guy so that's veteran leadership you have there in the secondary it's just as good as an ed reed it's just as good as a torpolo mahler that's saying high things for for patrick peterson but that's how high i view him especially in his prime in arizona you don't lose how to read defenses that just stays and uh this defense could lead this team to the super bowl If you had guys like Patrick Peterson, guys like Hicks, guys like Kendricks playing outstanding, they do have great defensive players. And I think that will be how they go deep into the playoffs if they do. But I'll tell you right now, I don't believe in Cousins. So to me, I won't rip Cousins. I'll say, if you can manage it, do it. But you got to make me a believer. Make me a Brad Johnson believer. That's how good, you know, Kirk Cousin could be as good as Brad Johnson. And hey, he won the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. There you go, Dominic. Uh, you talk about a lot of good points there, but the defense, they also as Darius Smith, uh, who was from the rival Green Bay Packers there, signed him on a three-year $42 million contract. I really feel like he's made a name of himself over the last few seasons. He was a pro bowler in 2019 and 2020 as well. Uh, I think Darius Smith will be trying even harder against those Green Bay Packers. He's going to be playing twice this year. Um, I agree the defense, of course, will be a big part in this team's success. But for me, and not to give the easy answer, not to steal the answer everyone wants to hear, but it comes down to the quarterback, especially for this Minnesota Vikings team. It's to me, it's all up to Kirk Cousins. Dumb, it's all up to Kirk Cousins. I think if these guys had uh, a top five quarterback on their team, they would be a threat to win the Super Bowl. I really do. Um, I, could, I could see even right now with Kirk Cousins, these Minnesota Vikings team winning the division. I can see it. I like, I still think the Packers are the favorites to win this division. Um, but like exactly one of my bold takes would be that the Green Bay Packers wouldn't make the playoffs. So I guess right now, if you're asking me, I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings to win that division um, just because the NFC North feels like right now it's a little bit weaker than it has been in years past. At least the top end team has been. I know like the Detroit Lions now, they got some good draft pick. The Chicago Bears, you know, you got Justin Fields and he's young and upcoming. We don't really know what we have in him. Um, but, you know, Packers that seem to win the division every year. They're not a team that really scares me right now. And Minnesota, they have, you know, you look at the team from top to bottom and, like, they just have studs all across the board. And it's going to come down to Cousins. And, like, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be good enough for them to see a ton of success in the playoffs. But I do think he can be good enough in the regular season to have these guys make the playoffs. And don't forget, it'll be a little bit more challenging. They have a new head coach this year, uh, O'Connell, making his – his head coaching debut there for the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings. So it'll be interesting to see what he's able to get out of Cousins. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's able to uh, to squeeze the most out of him that he can. But, like, we've seen years past Dominic Cousins have great receivers. Now he has Jefferson, Adam Thielen. He's had them for a while. 
And you, talk, you can talk about stats all you want, Dominic. And Kirk Cousins, look, statistically, he's pretty good. People don't give him enough credit. It's, I just don't trust Kirk Cousins to lead me on a two-minute drill down the game when, when I need to get a TD. And, like, for, that's why for me, as, like, ridiculous as the sound is, stats can be sometimes blown out of proportion because – I'm a Dolphins fan, people know. And you look at Tua's completion percentage, it's not actually that poor and it's pretty high. But when you, like, Tua's completing these two-yard passes to to Waddle, that Waddle's breaking pat, like breaking tackles and end up getting eight, nine yards. So unless you're actually watching these games, these stats, like, don't really mean too, too much. And unfortunately, Kirk Cousins is not really a guy I, I can trust in yet. I think that you agree with. But I'm still saying all that and saying I can still see the Vikings potentially winning the division, uh, which is, you know, how good I see this Viking team, uh, excluding uh, Kirk Cousins, Dominic, on this roster. No, for sure. I think the division potentially could be wide open and we're being really mean to the Packers, but I will agree with you that I'm not blown away with their wide receiver pickups. So that being said, let's see what they can do. Those Vikings. As a matter of fact, ironically was Kevin O'Connell, the coach at any point in time of Kirk cousins. And it seems like that's the situation in 2017, some familiarity. That being said, I think that O'Connell and cousins together, there's a potential for them to thrive, but I don't know. I think I'm like you, William, I'm not buying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I think it's tough. It's uh, you know, it's of course it'd be a cool story and everything. Um, But yeah, you know, cousins, I I'm rooting for cousins. I think it'd be a cool story to have somebody else win that division and to see a few like new faces in the playoffs. Uh, Talk about that division being a little bit more wide open than usual. Is there any other division, Dominic, you could see heading into this season that, you know, huh, maybe it's not a guarantee. Like the years where the Patriots won the AFC East, like 98 straight years. And it was like, you just knew before the season started, New England's going to win that division. Um, And I feel like now we're seeing a little bit less of that. So do you think there's other divisions, whether AFC, NFC, uh, where you could see potentially new teams. I like think about the AFC East and I still think, I'm like, no, I, I still think Buffalo would win that division. And I would be surprised to see like Miami, you know, and then I'd be shocked to see the Jets win that division. Cause I still think Buffalo is definitely the, the top dog there. You know, I look at the, the AFC West. I think that's a heck of a lot more open uh, than the years past. I don't know if I just stole your answer, Dominic, but I'm curious to, you know, now before we take uh, our, our last break and if there's any other divisions that you see a little bit more wide open than years past. That NFC South division is a mystery to me because I was a huge Carolina Panthers fan coming into it. And to be honest with you, I still am. I just don't understand how come they did not rectify the quarterback position. It's mind boggling. And when I hear Carlos Dunlap visiting the Panthers, I get really giddy because I already know that defense (laughs) is really good. Granted, they lost Gilmore, who obviously went to those Colts. That was a huge blow. Obviously, Horn's coming back and he drafted him. So maybe he'll fit back like a glove like he was doing. So that would be my uh, division. I'm hearing a lot of things now about Desmond Ryder. I didn't see Atlanta's running game last year at all. And that just kind of blossomed. Can they sustain that is the question. I don't know. It's a mystery. This division is all because of Tom Brady's in the division. What if Tom Brady gets hurt right off the bat? We'll have to wait and see. I know we're heading to break. But if Tom Brady gets hurt, Week one, out for the season. Who do you got in the NFC South? Panthers. Panthers, eh? I got the Panthers, yep. I would have to agree with you, Dominic. You've been high on them for a while, and I have to say they're the team that poses the most threat. I don't know how big of a threat to the Bucs, but the most threat in that division. Yeah, the Saints will be close. We talked about the Saints last week, but I don't know. Winston, he scares me, and I think you're right. Maybe Carolina... And the Saints would have to battle it out uh, and see who comes out on top. So we'll we'll see. Maybe even the Bucks stay a bit competitive, but 
who would be the quarterback? I'd have to look at the depth chart. I don't even know who the who the backup quarterback currently in Tampa Bay is because Tampa Bay, all they have is the love for Tom Brady. And that's all we hear about every single day in Tampa Bay. Hey, there you go. Dominic's still not giving up on his Carolina Panthers just yet. I love it. Uh, something we talked about on the show, Dominic, over the last few weeks. I've been Saquon Barkley. Uh, you read a report saying that the Giants want to use Saquon really as much as they can. Yeah, Saquon Barkley is going to be a dynamite player this year is going to be all over the football field they want to maximize his ability to catch the football and quite frankly that's what i expected in that brian dables offense this is going to be beautiful i really think we're going to see something very bizarre i'm going to predict that daniel jones who was refused his extension is going to play really well and for the first time, unless you can remind me of uh, that, that you would recall a player get refused and then suddenly play so well that they're going to extend him anyways. I don't I can't even name one quarterback. So do you happen to know a quarterback that was about to be refused and then got extended? Shoot, Dominic, I wish I was that knowledgeable, but I could say no. No, me neither. So anyways, <laughs> that's my point. Daniel Jones has a golden opportunity because yeah. this offense is going to be crazy i know i've talked about it last week and i might be putting some extra peanut butter on the toast but quite frankly keep an eye on brian dable's offense and saquon barkley is gonna be a dynamite player this year dominic i love the positivity it's something i value in a lot of people i don't know dominic when i think about saquon barkley being used that much i'm saying right now he's getting injured when they're they're using him they are using him a lot but now you see one they're trying to use him even more and the guy can't stay healthy i don't know as it like that, that makes it's exciting but it makes me a little nervous for saquon like like what has shown us that he can stay healthy by being used even more? Are they going to try and use him as much as they can for the first eight games? Hope like he gets a small injury and then is able to come back to the playoffs. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like to me, that's kind of a questioning or puzzling uh, game plan to go about if you're the New York Giants. Uh, and especially if you want to develop a guy like Daniel Jones, I'd be super excited to see Daniel Jones kind of uh, break out of his shell, like you mentioned. But I don't know, Dominic. I think I'm a little bit more concerned than you are in a few red flags when I hear uh, they want to use Saquon even more than they already use him just because of his injury concerns. Good point, William. I'll admit that Saquon has been injured and it is cause for concern. But however, you know, he's 25 years old. If he was between 27, 29 in that range, I'd be more concerned. We all know that the running back have a, a small shelf life. Why not go all in? You got yourself Daniel Jones, who's been a New York giant for about four years now. So he's definitely, if you're going to get anything out of him, just go all in. And I love when I read that Brian Dable is just saying to Daniel Jones, to just go out there, maximize your ability to throw the ball. And you're going to have all these receivers out there. You're bound to find a, a wide receiver somewhere mm-hmm. open. Yeah. And that's why they're adding Saquon Barkley because his ability to catch the football and you have Kenny Galladay, yeah. Tony, Shepard, Slayton, I mean, Robinson. This is a really packed team if you're planning on passing the football. Mm-hmm. And now they added Saquon Barkley to that equation. In my opinion, we're going to see fireworks. I'm, yeah, honestly, Dominic, that would be awesome. I know we've got a, a lot of New York Giants fans in Montreal, or at least I think we do. A lot of friends at New York Giants fans. But Kenny Galladay, Dominic, I'm glad you mentioned him because he was a big acquisition for them just in terms of his name in the offseason, though, it was between him and I believe the Dolphins were going hard at him and I was kind of upset to see them not get uh, Kenny Galladay. But yeah, he's, you know, a guy that could 
still like, you know, change the, the dynamic of a football game, a great receiver, super lanky, really can make any catch. I talk about a guy that, uh, you know, no pass is like kind of out of his range. No ball is ever uncatchable for him. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of steady Kenny Galladay if uh, the New York Giants want to see success. And yeah, I'm hoping the best for, for Saquon Barkley. Um, now going to the New, York, New England Patriots, Dominic, we've been hearing some good things coming out of their camp. Uh, apparently, Matt Jones is looking good for the Patriots. Had a fairly good year last year, right? Played as a rookie for them. Uh, was in contention for Rookie of the Year for a big part of the season. Um, the Pats were uh, were good enough to make the playoffs, right? I mean, like, pretty remarkable to do with a rookie quarterback. Uh, didn't uh, really necessarily, well, they actually had a very poor playoff game in their loss against the Buffalo Bills. But, uh, yeah, New England, Dominic, seems to be happy with what they have so far in, uh, in Mac Jones there. Yeah, Mac Jones doing what he has to do to improve as a quarterback in New England, and they are raving about him. His ability to throw the ball deep and his accuracies apparently is at another level. But you know what? I'm not buying it. I'm not <laughs> buying these reports because, quite frankly, a lot of it's coming out of ESPN, and they love those New England Patriots. So I think what we're seeing right now is a guy in Mac Jones who had a phenomenal year. So the ex expectations are huge that he will deliver. But I think he's going to have the sophomore jinx. And as we talked about it last week, that entire AFC East is wide open. It's for the taking. I know that people are huge on Buffalo, but they lost their entire offensive line. It will not be the same without Brian Dable unless they find the miracle cure in running the football, which we haven't seen. So why would that change? Meaning that in the AFC East, you got the Dolphins and who? Hey. The New York Jets. So in my opinion, one of those two teams will shock the world and win this division. Yes, I'm throwing the Jets in there only because Hey, I am not a Zach Wilson fan whatsoever, but hey. I think that we are going to see the running game rejuvenation happening potentially this year in the NFL and who not to better lead the torch. We talked about the Ravens. Obviously they'll be there, but right beside them are going to be those jets running the football every single play almost. So that's how I see it. And that can win if you have a good defense and I'm not buying the Patriots this year. And I'm really putting a huge question mark on those Buffalo bills, yeah. meaning that let's see what happens. This division's wide open, and for all we know, we might have ourselves a new AFC East champion when it's all said and done. Hey, I like it, Dominic. Okay, putting you on the spot now, Dominic, because I love your hot takes. If I had to give you the Buffalo Bills or the field to win the AFC East this year, which would you take? The Buffalo Bills over the field in the AFC East? No, no, I'm not. I'm taking the field. Wow, okay. Nice. Okay. I like it. That uh, definitely You're giving me three extra teams. How can That's I? I'm not huge on Buffalo. This okay. might be surprising for a lot of people because a lot of people have, have heard me talk about Buffalo mm. in the past couple of years. Like this was the team. This team is completely different this year. Offensively, we're going to see Allen with the expectations to deliver, but he's got a whole new offensive scheme that he's going to have to try to understand. I'm sure there's going to be some things that are kept over from Brian Dable's offense, but if you do that, then you're predictable. Then obviously defense is all I got to look at is the tape again and know exactly the same schematics. So I honestly think that we're going to see a huge offensive game plan being developed in Buffalo that's going to fail miserably. 
That's how I see it. That's my take. Without an offensive line, you're going to see Josh Allen under pressure a lot more and throwing interceptions a lot more this year. Mm, wow, Dominic. I uh, can't say I would have saw that coming a few months ago, but I like it. And uh, for sure, as a Miami Dolphins fan, it gives me hope that maybe the Dolphins uh, can finally win the AFC East this year. Uh, talk about the Bills, Dominic, and them, you know, having a lot to prove uh, just because, look, they've been close to the Super Bowl for a few years now, lost in that heartbreaking game there to the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime. And we must presume that that's really the main reason why the rule has been changed in overtime when it comes to the playoffs. We look at the NFL, Dominic, and teams with things to prove. Uh, I, I'll ask you for one. Maybe we could jump on a few more, but... Any division, AFC, NFC, which, if you had to pick one team that has the most to prove this upcoming season in the NFL, I'm curious to get your take. I'll go first. Um, I'm debating between a few teams, Dominic, but I'm going to have to go with the Los Angeles Chargers. And I say the Chargers because we have talked about them as a sexy pick that not a lot of people talk about to potentially be in the Super Bowl. Right now, you have a great quarterback. In Justin Herbert, you got great offensive weapons. Uh, they had good draft picks this year, uh, adding Khalil Mack in the offseason. Uh, you got smart players. You got ballers. You got, i just looking at this team, and I don't really see too, too many spots to fill. And I know they're in the best division in football right now with everything that's happened in that division. But the Kansas City Chiefs, who are used to winning that division uh, over the last few seasons, you got to say they got worse with the loss of Tyreek Hill. You know, maybe it won't show that way on the football field, but you got to think they're going to be at least a little bit less of a powerhouse without one of their stars there. Of course, the Denver Broncos got better. You got to say the Raiders got better as well with the addition of Devontae Adams. But I still think if we're going to start taking these Chargers seriously uh, and everything that they have and, you know, their their amazing fan base, Dominic, and they've been snake bitten over the years. And like, we talk a lot about this team and I think that's great. I think they're a very fun team, but now I want to start seeing results from these guys. I want to see them win a few playoff games. I want to see them play in the AFC championship game. And I want to see them be in the Super Bowl. And then I believe you can start talking about this team. Uh, like they're this great, you know, super fun team to watch with this high powered offense, because I do think they have the weapons to make it to the Super Bowl. I honestly do. Like, I wouldn't be shocked to see them represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. Do I think it'll happen? I don't, which is, you know, for those reasons and many more, I think that the Chargers have a lot to prove coming to the NFL, like this NFL uh, season for them, especially with how Justin Herbert's developed uh, and the stars that they have on both sides of the field. Really good pick. I think that the Chargers do have a lot to prove this year. I think they will continue that hot ascending streak up the ladder in the power rankings of the NFL. I think that this team is going to challenge in the AFC West without a doubt. To me, a team that shocked me last year, which was the Cincinnati Bengals. Hmm. I did not think that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to be able to put Jamar Chase week one and boom, you'd be seeing this team being shot out of a cannon yeah. all the way to the Super Bowl. Hey, Granted, they were able to do it without a great offensive line. Yeah. I've seen it before. I've seen my Pittsburgh Steelers lose to the Green Bay Packers in a Super Bowl. And Green Bay, in my opinion, didn't have a great offensive line. So it's doable, but you got to put a lot of points on the board. They added two offensive linemen in Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa. Both those guys are going to be great with the run, I should say. So for Joe Mixon wow, this guy probably will have a great season considering that 
all defensive coordinators are going to be planning for Jamar Chase, Mm -hmm. which leads me to believe can Gerald Burrow have a great season without getting injured? Kind of a bizarre, maybe question to ask, but Cincinnati without Joe Burrow, uh, they're not going anywhere. I don't care how good Jamar Chase is. Your backup quarterback's Brandon Allen. Then you got Jake Browning. I don't even know who Jake Browning is. (laughs) But by all means, Joe Burrow is the heart and soul of this team. And I do see him obviously going far in the playoffs again, probably. However, I'm not sold 100%. I said this before about Joe Burrow. Is he an injury-prone quarterback? I think this year we're going to find out. I love that pick, Dominic. And the first thing I thought about when you picked the Bengals was, is this a team that missed their chance to win the Super Bowl last year? And look, of course they're young, and of course they're going to have ample opportunities to do so. But with the AFC getting significantly better this season, Dominic, I, like, I have this feeling, if I'm a Bengals fan, that we missed our opportunity. And like, look... The Bengals, like, the reason I ended up picking the Rams to win the Super Bowl over the Bengals in that game was because I think the Rams were just more ready. I didn't necessarily think they were the better team, but I thought the Bengals were a little bit too young. It's similar to the Boston Celtics and the Warriors. I I guess I compare it to that. Like, the Bengals and the Celtics surprised a few people. The Bengals did last year, making it to the Super Bowl, which I I think a lot of people did not see coming. Um, And I think that, like, That was the year they really needed to do it. I don't know. Of course, they're good enough to go back to the Super Bowl. Will they go back to another Super Bowl? Like, it's not easy. It's really, really not easy to go back to another Super Bowl, let alone winning your division uh, again, Dominic. And, like, I think the chemistry they had with Jamar Chase, and I think you're right, like, with Jamar Chase now probably getting double covered most games, it's going to be up to guys like T. Higgins uh, to step up with them, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon out of the backfield for them. Because I'm just like, Dominic, I'm – I like the Bengals and I'm just hoping it's not one of these teams that surprisingly made to the Super Bowl and then like they become irrelevant. You know, I don't think they'll become irrelevant, Dominic, but you know what I'm saying? Like a team that overachieved and then from there on is, is having a tough time when it comes back to the, the next few seasons in the playoffs. Absolutely. I think that this team had a great opportunity and should have probably won the Super Bowl last mm-hmm. year. They took everybody by storm. Jamar yeah. Chase, there's barely any game tape on him in the NFL. So mm-hmm. it was fresh. You know, next year we're going to have a lot more game tape. I think that Joe Burrow will succeed. He won't get injured and they're going to go deep. That's my inkling. However, I've seen a lot of Cincinnati Bengals games and I saw a guy's career, Carson Palmer, just get destroyed by one injury. Mm -hmm. It was a gruesome injury. It was a knee injury. Yeah. But no, Joe Burrow, right off the gate, he too got a big injury and he rebounded. He did very well last year. So, well, as we said, he made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Can he replicate it again next year? I'm hoping for the guy. But something tells me it's not going to happen. Hey, all these questions, Dominic, so few answers. I think that's what makes the NFL so exciting. Got to watch and wait to see. Uh, that's where you got to love watching football. That's it for this week, folks. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Come back with us next week. Same place, same time. Enjoy your NBA and NHL playoffs. Stay safe. You were listening to CJLO, 69 a.m. in Montreal.